LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King. And on the show today, we have Matt Swoboda, good friend of mine uh, from the Tennessee. Matt, what's going on? That's right. I am back. Episode number three for me on the old established church podcast. Bro, people loved the last two episodes. I mean, we've got so much great feedback. I'm actually trying to look right now. I should have looked this up before on yeah here we go episode 135 136 if you haven't listened to those yet i mean they were fantastic great useful useful stuff well i didn't know if they liked it but when you asked me back on i at least knew they didn't hate it so that was a good that was a good sign yeah definitely great stuff so what have you been up to what's your day like i have i thankfully i have literally uh been chatting with you know i actually got like four church pastors to reach out to me from those episodes shut up that's cool yeah it's been super cool and then uh one of them found it started following me on twitter and i'm actually going to speak at my first uh breakout session at a Uh conference in october cool found me from hopping on this podcast last time so that is awesome i will uh, i will most certainly be saying yes whenever you ask that's cool. Ironically, I've never been asked to speak at anything, and uh, you know I'm on the show every week. <laughs> so, don't tell me the, this person's your, name. I'm going to hate him from yeah, afar. Yeah, yeah. Your time's coming. I can feel it. I can also. I can hey, tell. Actually, I mean, actually, not to tease anything too much, but I, I'm uh, thinking about to announce a, a free conference in Nashville hosted by yours truly, mm. and uh, may, maybe I'll just have you come speak at that. And so that maybe way so we can we can knock that bucket list item off. I'm really good at just saying welcome to everybody and then letting other people speak. That's what I do on the show. Yes. Hey, welcome, everybody. I know you're busy because it's 3 o'clock and you're eating. Is this like a snack? Are you on one of those five, am, sorry. five no, meals actually, a day guy? I missed lunch today. <laughs> I had breakfast at 7 and realized it's like 3 o'clock and I haven't eaten lunch. So this I'll is not starving. a healthy rhythm, people. So if you're listening, eat, eat normal lunches. Eat normal lunches. I have one of those weird, I don't know what to describe them. I can't even think of the name of them, but they're these little cookie cracker things that you get on Southwest flights. I love oh, them. Oh, I love those things. And so yeah. my um, my associate that works with me, she stocks my little closet in here. I got just hundreds of them. They're delicious. So that's anyhow, that's my snack right there. all throughout the day. Hey, let's talk about some stuff. You have a resource coming out that is titled Nine Common Issues with Young or new staff members. And this is kind of geared, I think this is, could be practical towards church plants or established churches or anything in between, correct? Oh, yeah, everything. So this was, you know, what's funny is I uh, I just wrote on Twitter one day, I was like, man, here's some common issues that like I found with newer or just like young staff members or just new. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of people reach out and say, hey, these are from, like fantastic. I've seen these now. Uh, tell us how you solved the problem. And I was like, hey, right. that, that, that would in fact be more helpful. And, <laughs> is that like uh, problem number 10, pointing out problems but not having that's solutions? That's right. For- Actually, there is. There is one that, that <laughs> truly fits one of these. Um, but it, uh, 
But then I thought, okay, I'll write a blog post and just like tell people kind of how I walked through some of it. And yeah. like like people who are used to being in preaching or teaching roles, uh, I got a little long winded mm. and realized, okay, this is not a this is not a blog post. It is longer than that. Right. So I just wrote it up, and it's actually like it's the problem, it's the solution, and the steps to solve the solution. So it's super practical for people. Yeah, absolutely. Like it not only points out the problem, this is what you do about it. And as I was going through it, so I I got a sneak peek of the resource here. And as I was going through it, what I noticed was this is not only stuff that I, as a lead pastor, could be mindful of or watching for as people come onto the staff, but these are also challenges that I can slip into very easily. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The main is what's so easy about finding these is how many of them I was so guilty of and <laughs> at times can still be guilty of. So for me, it's like it's not just issues with younger new staff members. It's just more obvious and more right. prominent in younger right. new staff members. Long-term staff members, we have uh, we have learned to hide these better. <laughs> That's right. We're just better at covering the blemishes. Yeah. So we're we're going to talk about some of these. Um, we're going to pick one up right now, and just kind of uh, chew it up, see what comes out, and um, hopefully the plan is hopefully to get you on more shows, and then we'll talk about some of these other ones. But before we do. Uh, we've kind of skipped over just kind of who you are and what you do. So who is Matt Swoboda? Oh, man, I, I, I'll never be able to fully answer that question. Mm. Uh, but now I, uh, I run Church Ops Group, which is a uh, just a coaching um, network with uh, four pastors and, and some nonprofit leaders. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the executive pastor at a, a church that grew uh, from about 250 when I was there to about 3,300, grew like crazy. We failed like crazy. We learned like crazy. We had a blast. And I was there for, for eight years or so mm -hmm. and then um, stepped away and, and started a church ops group uh, about a little less than a year ago mm -hmm. and uh, met you um, right. via that way. That's where we started some conversation. And uh, um, yeah, so now partner with uh, whatever churches will uh, will have me. And so it's been great, and it's, it's been a blast for me to get to be an encourager and a support and a coach for, for pastors and, and churches. Yeah, yeah, and you're doing a fantastic job at it. Although, I think all of our Reformed listeners just turned off because, you know, I asked you who you are, and you did not use the phrase in Christ. So oh, you're, you, they yes. just all tuned out. So you're I am. Person. Yeah, I am officially uh, on the outs. You're on the outs. All right. Well, there's worse place to be. All right, so problem number one, or, or problem... The first problem we're going to check out is titled Poor Prioritization, Time Management, and Execution. You got any yes. stories? Any You ever seen this happen? You got any anecdotal stories of this happening? Well, I mean, I have a whole bunch of personal stories. Sure. Um, you know, this one's the tricky one because a lot of people are like hardworking. Yeah. Um, and, but then Workaholics. Me, it's like, man, I thought, like I thought, oh man, I work hard. And I came in, I, I started in ministry. I was my first full-time ministry role. I was like 23. This is probably number one because this was the main one I struggled with. And so uh, so it was, it was also easier for me to spot than others because it had been so obvious in my life. Um, but, you know, when I first started in ministry, it was like, man, I was super passionate. Mm -hmm. And I loved people. And I loved the mission. And I was I was like bought in, I was sold out, you know, I was everything you want those, uh, you want every staff member to be, but it certainly didn't help me actually accomplish the work that I needed to accomplish. And so it was a whole lot of ideation 
in just mm-hmm. very little execution. It's like, oh man, here's an idea, or we could do this, or this is exciting. And it's like, I get excited about everything, but I don't actually execute on anything. And so I just had to have some older, loving leaders, you know, essentially point out, Matt, you're great at vision and you have a really strategic mind, but none of those things get you anywhere if you don't actually start executing, you know, some, right. of, the, some of the things <laughs> that you, you want to do. Right. And then they just, you know, really like listed out some examples. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I totally see that. I did say that, and that hasn't gotten done. Oh, and I did say that, and yeah, that hasn't yeah. gotten done. Man, and I that say is a lot of things. And yeah. I haven't gotten that done. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this a whole lot in my life. New strategy. I'm not going to say anything anymore. I'm just going to not say things or do yeah, well, them. I'm an Enneagram 7, so that's impossible for me. Impossible. You know where I could see this really hidden, guys, um, or leaders in general, is if you are a teaching or a preaching personality and – you're all about the sermon and eventually you get into a rhythm where you're able to just kind of shove the thing together and deliver it. And some people based on natural talent can do that naturally. But what I've seen is the the depth of the sermon, the, the delivery, the execution, all of the things that I would look for to get better in a sermon. Actually, the less I lean on my natural ability and the more I lean on prioritizing my time really sitting down, looking at it, executing the study time as much as I'm going to execute. I mean, I got to preach. There's there's a clock. There's a day. You have to do it. So the execution there. But earlier on in my ministry, I really wasn't executing the study time. So this is something really that could hit anybody, whether you're, a, you know, the kind of person that executes events or maybe you don't have events or, you know, those yeah. sort of organizations, but you're just yeah. a teacher. Yeah. And, and what I found, especially with like you just – you know, just younger staff members, it's like, man, they were, they were like, they were hard workers. They weren't like trying to coast by, uh, but they would get really overwhelmed and they would get really stressed out. And once you would dig in, you would realize, well, well, I haven't given them too much and it's not too difficult. It's their schedule and their priorities are so unstructured and out of whack there's no way they can actually execute at a high level because they didn't have like the, they didn't have the clarity needed of what am I actually, what are the most important things for me to accomplish? And so they were running, you know, working really hard, but not working smart at all. Well, let's make it uh, personal. If, if we have somebody's listening right now and they're like, this isn't me, how, what would be some of the signs that's like, it might be you if. Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, one, I'd say it might be so, and nobody ever wants to admit this, but it might be you if you have a very normal position and yet you're completely overwhelmed. Hmm. So if you're a student guy or an executive pastor, whatever your position is, if your job description, like the response, if you really like step back and look at it and you realize my responsibilities are, are normal responsibilities for my role. And yet you feel really overwhelmed. This is probably you. Wow. I would say if you are constantly busy, you're constantly working and maybe you're a little overwhelmed, like you're saying, but you're just constantly doing things. But the overall ministry is not making any real progress. Mm, It's just kind of flatlined. But you're doing and there's a bunch of events and there's a bunch of yep. sermons and Bible stages, all this sort of stuff, then maybe the priorities are out of whack. And this goes back to one of those kind of arguments for simple. If you did fewer things better, 
or yeah. if you, you know, were better at executing the things you are doing. Because yeah. perhaps there, there's some there's some folks that, you know, they can't really set their priorities. Those are given to them by mm-hmm. on high or the, the mm-hmm. elders or the team or the board. They have to do all of these things, but executing them can be done much more efficiently. Yeah. And, you know, people use different strategies. And so that's where sure. it's like kind of kind of find what works for you. Yeah. Know, some people are like, hey, I do the time block thing. And, you know, other people are like, man, figure out when you work the best and do these things then, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everyone has different strategies. And, and you know, uh, it, it, I do think it's, you know, it's not a cookie cutter thing. You know, like you do have to find what works for you. But I love what you said. Like, it's really easy to like kick up a bunch of dust without sure. actually getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah, You know, it oh, can absolutely. look like you're really running, but all you're doing is kicking up dust. So that, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else kind of stick out in your mind on looking in the mirror saying, man, that might be me on not prioritizing or my time manager or execution? Yeah, just like a really simple one is like if you're the person who's always like like just a little bit late to everything, this is 100% you. Wow. If you can't manage your time well enough to be on time, then you have a time management issue. Yeah. And so to me, it's like if you're just looking for small indicators of like this might be me. Yeah. That to me, that's like the clearest one. Are you the person who is late? You know, another thing I'm just, I'm thinking as you're talking and I'm totally zoned in on what you're saying, of course, but I'm also, you know, like everybody else just thinking about how I'm going to respond. The, if you <laughs> are <you're> honest, <laughs> if you are this sort of person and I've been in seasons like this and I find them very unhealthy for me, if Let's say, you know, for me as a lead pastor, one of the very, very top priorities I have is to preach. That's that's it. And I think nearly everybody would agree with that. Well, throughout my week, if the predominant amount of my prep for the sermon is late at night or I'm cramming it in on the weekend or something like that, then perhaps my priorities are not my time management that's is right. not matching my priorities. No, that's right. Like your and schedule should match your priorities. Sure. It's really good. And like I know some folks that are like, yeah. they're like late night thinkers. And so they do that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like you are running all day and then you're cramming in the priority. And that yep. that's probably not a good idea. For me, it's always sermon prep and staff or leadership development. And a lot of times the sermon prep gets pushed off to the side and the leadership development is just something you don't do because you've got – all these other things to do. So Yeah, and I well I think you're also just open the door to give people another indicator as, hey, are you bad at like do you have poor prioritization is I mean if you look at your calendar, does it look like the right things are rightly represented? You mm-hmm. know, if you're a lead pastor and you're you're finding three you know, tiny bits of sermon prep like forced into places, well man, that's that's poor prioritization. It so is like yeah. you should be able to look at your your a calendar of a whole week and think and just assess does this match what I would say my priorities are wow yeah and that's what we preach we tell people that well you got to look at your own professional calendar as well which brings up something because I've got a resource I was actually supposed to share with everybody and it actually goes right into what we're talking about it's the training of volunteers and getting them into the right space I know a lot of people get overwhelmed by exactly how I'm going to train everybody and then what aspects am I going to train people all across the church, whether at a large church or a small church, there are all sorts of different kind of uh, areas, ministries where people need training. And maybe you're not great at training in these and you're great at those. 
Well, LifeWay has developed a resource called Ministry Grid. In their library, they have over 3,500 videos and 800 courses. That's way more than you can make on your own. And all of that is available for you. For the month of August, you can get unlimited access to Ministry Grid for your entire church for just $3.99. If you want to take advantage of this incredible deal, just go to ministrygrid.com slash podcast. That's one podcast. Don't put an S on that. Ministrygrid.com slash podcast to get unlimited training for $3.99. That's pretty great. And so that'll help you out with prioritizing, executing, those sort of things. So we have talked about the problem. We've looked at, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, you can look in the mirror and say, hey, that might be me. Earlier, I was thinking it is not me. might be me. So let's talk a little bit about some of the solutions and steps. What do you think, Matt? What are some of the solutions to, to fixing this? So to put it like, so one, you know, I, I think through this, if you, no matter, so if you're looking at it for in the mirror, you mm-hmm. got to think who's the person who is most responsible to give me clarity. And you have to make sure that there's just really, really clear expectations so that you're, cause sometimes what happens is who you and the person under you or you and the person over you, you're not lined up on what your priorities should even be. Mm. So you could think you're having great priorities and your boss not. Wow. Or the person under you could think, I'm doing, I'm crushing it. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And you're thinking, why hasn't this guy done this at all? Right. Or why, why hasn't she like been recruiting volunteers like she's supposed to, mm. you know? And they think, well, we haven't even had a conversation about that. Is that, you know, how, how big of a deal, <laughs> how big of a deal is that? Yeah. I remember my boss coming to me once and saying, Matt, you do realize how big of a deal this is, right? And at that moment I thought, well, it's, I think it's a, I, I literally remember thinking, well, I think it's a bigger deal than I thought it was. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's one of those, here's your sign. Yeah. And so, well, especially when you're like leaving people below you, like if this is a new or young staff member, like you've yeah. got to give them clarity. And then you also have to assess like, man, do they have the tools to actually execute the responsibilities that I gave them? And, and, and if not, where do they need that coaching so that they're actually set up, you know, to succeed, to be able to execute at a high level? I, uh, I have these, as you know, I don't know if our listeners know, we have monthly, uh, what we call face-to-face our coaching sessions with all of the staff that you can oversee those sort of things. I was having one of these with one of our staff members who was um, letting me know that she was a bit overwhelmed and that's exactly the right place to do it. And so it was great, great conversation. Here's, and here's what she needed. And so she was asking for a certain resource. And so as she was telling me, I'm really overwhelmed. Stuff is really piling up. I need this resource. I asked her, I said, what do you feel like uh, your top priorities are? Um, The way I said it was, let's say another church is hiring your position. What would you say is the baseline things that that person needs to accomplish? And uh, so she starts listing this stuff out. And I said, as she listed all out, I looked at her and I said, if those were your actual priorities, I could totally see why you need that resource. (laughs) But I've got good news. That's not, that's not your job description. Who told you to do all of those things? And, you know, it was just a collection of me being unclear, her assuming some things, just some dreaming became, you know, when we were dreaming together earlier on in her, her process, 
those became expectations when really yeah. I was just saying like yeah, five years down there or six years, let's do that right. later. So we were yeah. able to cut through so much stuff and say, these three things, this right here is what you're supposed to be doing. And it yeah. really kind of clarified things. She became so much less overwhelmed, you know, and better at what she was doing. It was really yeah. a cool Dude, I, really, I love that example you just gave because some people are actually phenomenal at execution, but they have that tendency of like, man, anywhere they see a gap, they try to fill it or um, somebody needs help with something and they're always the one to hop in and they're actually mm. great at execution, but they, they um, kind of, uh, you know, subconsciously picked up all this other stuff that's yeah. not even really their job. That then makes it look like they're not doing their job as well when they, yeah. if they wouldn't have picked up all this extra stuff that's not expectations on them, exactly, they, could, yeah. they could be succeeding, you know, a lot better. And so it really is. That's why I kind of put this as this problem together is that prioritization, the time management and execution, all three of those really have to flow together because if one's really off, it throws the other two off. Yeah. I will say also, you know, just if you are, maybe you're leading a church in which you don't have a lot of staff or every church has volunteer leaders. And so just replace staff with volunteer leaders or those right. sort of things. But as a corporate level as well, it's very uh, beneficial if you as the leadership or the church ask yourself exactly what are we supposed to do? What is the role we play in this community? And then you... It, it will help you with your priorities, your time management as a church, not not doing a bunch of things you're not good at. And then, of course, the executing of those things. You'll be much more successful. So even at a large scale or a personal note, have you ever had um, – I'm, I'm curious about these conversations where you're asking for clarity. Have you ever had to go into one of those and you were a little nervous, like asking about this? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there were some things where, where I would feel like, man, I think I have clarity. And it's a lot. I don't yeah. know how I'm actually supposed to do this. Mm. Or I'm walking in and, and it's something like what you said, where like maybe you kind of said something like offhand. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm coming in and I'm like, man, this is what you said. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous. Of That's like, what you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be as far along as he's hoping. And mm. I just need some clarity on what exactly he's expecting. And so, yeah, you kind of get nervous because you're like, well, man, well, one, I don't want it to seem like I'm not trying or I'm not doing the thing that's asked of me. At the same time, I'm just not sure how it actually fits into everything else. Yeah. You know, it's like anytime you ask somebody to do something new, well, you, you didn't also simultaneously ask them to stop doing something, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's that, it's that balance. And so, oh, yeah, man, I remember many times walking into conversations like that on the receiving end. I'm like, I've got to get clarity here. And it is, it's like it's always nerve-wracking. Yeah, you don't want to go to your boss and say, because this is the fear. You're going to your supervisor saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, that's that's not a good sign to your no. supervisor. No, and but, you're afraid the supervisor's going to be like, well, I literally pay you a full-time salary to, to <laughs> know what you're doing and to actually do it. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's going on? Exactly. And I'll say from the side of the point of view, most of our listeners are going to be supervisors. Mm -hmm. And so I would say... You know, you need to be in a position where if somebody comes to you and they are honestly, they're working hard and they're trying. And sometimes even if they feel like they're working hard, but you're not really seeing the results, it's okay for a person to say, I need clarity. And you need to be the kind of person that says, 
Okay, yeah. Because in that conversation with our staff person, I realized she was taking some of my talk out loud dreams as, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. objectives. She, she was like, like adding them to her job description. She was, yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, nah, man, you've been here like less than a year. That was like, I think that'd be cool in year six. Yeah. We're just in year one. So yeah. I don't actually want you to launch that preschool in a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. And and that's a good place. And so you just kind of let yeah. people go, you know. Yeah. And uh, a couple yeah, times I've been in situations yeah. where I'm like, okay, let's try over. It's going to take us another three months, but we'll get there. And you just got to be in a position to let people fumble through, especially mm-hmm. we're talking specifically in your resource about new people. Well, mm-hmm. new people means a new relationship and that takes time. Yeah. It really takes time to build. Yeah. I love that you said that because what um, – it is really difficult to go to a boss and say, man, I, either I'm struggling or I'm confused. Like I, I don't have clarity or uh, anytime you have to go to a boss and say, I need something. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. And so one, you're totally right. Like leaders have to have a posture um, and a presence where people under them feel like safe and confident and comfortable. Hey, I can go and I can, I can really express where I'm at. But what the, to add on to that is like I just all say you also have to give your team language so that they, that they know how to start the conversation. Because the hardest thing to do is knock on a boss's door and say, hey, I need to talk to you. Or yeah. I'm really – and so establishing – like we use last 10% language. But just right. establishing a language and giving them a language that they can – like that they can say and they can start their sentence that way. That lets you know this is the type of conversation they're trying to have. Mm. So we would always say, hey, we want everyone to always say the last 10%. And so, you know, for us, what that just means is it's really easy to say like the 90% of kind of what you're struggling with. But where you're really struggling is in that last 10%. That's really hard to say. Yeah. So when we gave people that language, it became much easier for people to knock on the door or grab your shoulder or just say, hey, like, can we have a last 10% conversation? And then mm-hmm. I would know, man, this is something somebody is really struggling with that's hard yeah. for them to talk about. And so yeah. I need to make sure I'm in a, a position of listening and really hearing them. And then it gave them confidence of knowing, hey, I'm, uh, I am free and allowed to say my last 10%. And there's not going to be like the hammer's not getting dropped. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, having that posture, but then equipping your team with language where they can come in and, and just say, hey, and my last 10% is I'm not even clear on what exactly you want from me. I don't know what a win looks like. I don't know which, like, I don't know how to prioritize all the stuff you've given me or, you know, whatever it is. But equipping them with an opportunity to have that conversation in a really healthy way. Man, that's so good. So helpful. And that's really why we do those monthly one-on-ones. And I explain to them right there. I say, look, in this room right now, you are allowed. We are just peers, just equals. You are allowed to say whatever. You won't get fired. You're allowed to just tell me kind of. And one of the questions I always end with is, have I said or done anything that hurt or confused you in the last month? Is there Mm. anything that, that you know, just having that kind of conversation where, and I'll tell you, you know, I've been here now 11 months, my last church, seven and a half years. The first 10 are like, no, you're great. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Mm But 11th, 12th, you know, 54th is like, yeah, man, when you said, you know, or in the sermon, you said this, and I know you don't actually believe that, you know, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. That is a good, it helps you stay in a good spot as a leader. It also lets them say, 
yes, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Or you said yeah. this, and then when you typed it up, it was this. And I'll tell you, like, I've lived that. I've lived oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. dozens of times. <laughs> I had to get called on the carpet a little bit. Yeah. And I can tell you, though, also the other side of it is, was the vast majority of them were not anything I did intentional, nothing they did intentional. And a lot of the times the answer is, oh, man, I totally forgot to delete that section out. That was from the church I was borrowing it from, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's always just a point of clarity because, mm -hmm. you know, I love them. They love me. We're working together. So I think that's a good thing. And I will also say this. Look, if you are if you are over any sort of leaders, uh, whether they're volunteer, lay, or paid, how about this next week or month? Go ahead and schedule some time with them. And, you know, on their time, I like to do this in their office. I'm sitting on the other side. They're at the desk, you know, so it's real laid back and that sort of stuff and say, hey, is there anything I can help you on? Or are you completely clear on what your goals are for this fall or, or this next six months or something like that? So can, can we get aligned on that? Just open the door and let them do that instead of, like you said a moment ago, Matt, they don't have to come and knock on the boss's door. You know, mm -hmm. that makes them real nervous. So I think that's helpful. No, that's great. Yeah. Any barriers you can remove to good, honest conversation are mm -hmm. barriers worth removing. You put in your resource here, give them tools. What are tools that either you're giving yourself? What are the kind of tools like, let's say I'm bad at this. What are things I could go look for myself to time management and those sort of things? Yeah. And that's where it's like, you know, I even said, uh, you know, finding what works for you. So for some people, uh, just that, uh, that helpful tool for like time management is doing those time blocks where it's like, man, I know as a where I'm best is in the morning and I'm a lead pastor. So nobody can touch my schedule or talk to me from eight to 11 these three days of the week because mm -hmm. that is my sermon, you know, kind of whatever works for that person. But just finding uh, finding those tools. And so when yeah. I would have like a young staff member. What I would tell them, like, so one tool I just had them use was learning to start, like, work. I would tell them, you have to learn to start working your calendar so your calendar doesn't work you. Mm. And I would just say, if anything is one of your responsibilities, it needs to be represented in your calendar. And so I just made them use their calendar as a tool. I was like, no, no, no. if it's in there, it means it gets done. And <laughs> if, that, if you're getting all the stuff in your calendar done, you should be getting all of your stuff done. Yeah, And so it's just a way to like, hey, let's just use the calendar. And I would tell them, this is my way. Like I, yeah. I let my I, – I utilize my calendar like crazy just so I know I won't miss anything. Like that helps mm – -hmm. for me, that helps with both time management and execution. Mm -hmm. I just know I won't miss anything if it's represented on my calendar because I'm committed to working my calendar. Hmm. And and so for me that was that tool. So for like a young person, I would just I would say use my tool in what I do until you find what's good for you. But not doing anything's not an option. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you one for now. And if you find something that works better for you, that's awesome. But it actually has to work better for you. And until you find that, here like here's a tool to use. That's a great and, word. And so just finding whatever those things are for those different areas. And um, so good. Some people, you know, some people like I had. We had a, an, an admin person who had so many details, and she was the post-it note queen. <laughs> and if I had to keep track of all my details and post-it notes, my world would crumble. Mm -hmm. But for her, it worked perfect. And so yeah. that's a simple tool. If that's what works for you, use it and do it. Yeah. And so just whatever it is they're struggling with, it's just unfair 
as for a leader to say to somebody under them, hey, you got to get your prioritization in order. Well, you have to help them. <laughs> you sure. know, your job as a leader is to help them get their prioritization in order. So give them a tool to do that. Yeah. And if, same thing, you know, time management, execution. Um, Man, earlier on, coming into this setting where I am, I uh, I kind of built out my week. This is exactly those time blocks. I would say make sure that you put some buffers in there. You know, you you got some dream ahead time. One of the biggest helps I've ever, I've ever heard was in your weekly schedule, block out some future project time. Just dream and think of future projects. And I love so that. you got to set that time aside. Well, what I did was I printed this out and gave it to the entire staff, every single person. This is exactly what I'm going to be spending my time doing. Also, that shows them I'm accountable. I'm accountable to you. You know, I'm not goofing off when I'm down at Starbucks on Tuesday mornings. I'm studying. I'm doing my sermon pro. I'm also leading by example. The other kind of thing that it helps them do is see an example and lets them know, hey, if I want to meet with Josh, it's probably better if I go in this gray area over here. I'm just going to ask during one of those times. I can come by his office and knock on the door and walk right in because that's in his gray area. So everybody kind of gets more aligned and the but it's a tool, like you're saying, give other people the tool that you use. And then I encourage them all to build their own. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't need to see it. Um, just just build, you know, do your own. It helps me. I hope it helps you. That sort of thing. So um, that's the time we got today, man. How do people get this resource? When does this come out? Uh, it it will be out. It is out right now. So okay. we're, I'm just making some final uh, edits to it and then it will uh-huh. be on the site. So by the time this podcast is live, if you're listening right now, it is out. So you can just go to churchopsgroup.com slash um, oh, what did I call it? It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, uh, churchopsgroup.com slash uh, uh, equipping young staff. Equipping young staff. Perfect. And as always, you can listen to us, rate, review us on iTunes, Spotify, or EST.Church. We are so thankful that you are listening. Join us next week. Matt will be back on the show. We're going to be tackling another project, another topic on dealing with young self or yourself. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.